We throw it around so much that we lose the meaning of the word love. I remember back when I was a teenager, and if, I'm sorry, and if my brother, my, this is just getting me. Um, if my brother was here, he probably would deny it. He may not deny it, but he might. But he would always get angry when, when we didn't say love you before we hung up the phone. What, you don't love me? Yeah, man, I love you. Well, you didn't say it before you hung the phone up. He would call me back. <laughs> he would call me back and say, hey, man, you didn't tell me you loved me. All right, dude, I love you. He goes, do you mean it? Yes, man, I mean it. Jeez, like, yeah, I love you. And, but it meant something to him, and I think we've gotten to the point in this world to where we just throw the word love around like it means nothing, like it's just something we're supposed to do. But love has a meaning behind it. There's a meaning behind love. There's a meaning behind what, when, when you say that word, there's a meaning behind it, and it means something. And so before I get to my, to my word, we've had a couple of, of uh, families join the church before, uh, since last time I spoke. I just want to give you a little history of, of who I am. If you don't know me, my name's Kurt Price. I'm looking for my wife. Is she not in here? I'm married to the most selfless, biggest-hearted, puts everybody before herself woman that I know. Her name is Christy, and she runs our children's church. That's probably what she's doing now. Um, I've been married, let's see, what's today, the fourth? Today the fourth? So we're looking at, what, 17 days. We'll be married 20 years in 17 days. Yeah, she's, there she is, there she is, there she is, woo, but yeah, we, we married 20 years and 17 days, and I'll tell you what, man, if you would have told me when I was 14, 15 years old, now, Christy and I go back a long time, we've been, we've known each other since we were about four years old, and um, went to the same, we ended up going to the same church together, our church split up, the, her family left, uh, a few years later, they got a little bit smarter, and they came back, and so, <laughs> I was, uh, I was reacquainted with her, and man, I tell you what, if, when, I, when she came back into my life at 14, 15 years old, if you would have told me that we'd been married 20 years, I'd have been like, man, you're crazy, because she was way, way out of my league, and she still is, and I chase her every day, and for whatever reason, she's been around, and she's stuck with me, and she's, she's put up with my antics, and she's put up with my attitudes, and my reactions, and all that, and I have a lot of, there's a lot of stuff inside this big man right here, and she puts up with it, and I'm honored, and I'm thankful to be, to be with her, and um, we have five beautiful kids, that's right boys, I called you beautiful, um, I got, we got four that lives with us full time, we got one that's kind of on her own, and um, man, it's just great, like, I, I love it, you know, they all got different personalities. If, if you were with us back in the theater days, we did a service on a Sunday with the, where we talked about the five, um, what's it called? The five love languages. We did with about seven of them. I'm just kidding. We deal with all five love languages in my house. And so it's always, there's, you know, I got to deal with my kids differently. Every, every, every kid is different. But the one thing, the one thing is common in them and, and myself and, and Christy, we all want to be loved. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. And that's the same for you, every, each and every one in, in this room. You want to be loved and you want to be accepted. And so when, when, he, when Pastor asked me to, to preach, like that, that word just came. It's just like God just dropped it. And does anybody know of a, of a band named Run DMC? They were, they were cool back when, whenever I was. These kids today don't know what real music is. Amen. <coughs> we did back in the day, though. Um, but they were, they, there was a group called Run DMC, and I think uh, Rev Run, he was, I don't know if he's a pastor or not. He always wears a little, the, the, the get up, but not real sure what his history is. But he had a, he had a TV show on MTV, and at the end of, at the, end of the show, he was, uh, it was weird because he was always in his bubble bath for whatever reason. And he would write a letter, uh, you know, he would, he would be typing something, and at the end of it, he always wrote, God is love. And so, I, when, 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 again, when Pastor asked me to, to, to speak today, that just, God just dropped that in my spirit. He's like, God is love. And so, I kind of want to explain that. And if you, if you have your Bibles with me or you have, your, if you have it on your phone or whatever, I'm gonna, we're going to start in 1 John 4. But before we get into the Word, let's pray real quick. Lord, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for showing up in this place today, Father God. <clears throat> and Lord, I pray that uh, you continue 
talking to us and continue reaching us. You tend to continue touching us today. Father, I pray as we jump into this word uh, that you just bless it, Lord, that, that, that my words be your words and that it fall on, you know, fertile ground, fertile soil today, Father God. And Lord, I, I honestly believe that we're going to leave differently than we came today. And so, Lord, I, I thank you for all that you've done and all you're doing and all you'll continue to do in this in our lives and this church and in, in your ministry, Father God. Lord, we love you and we give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name. All right. First John chapter 4. I got a new Bible, so just hang out. Just chill with me for a minute. This thing says it lays flat. I don't lay flat. I don't know. It lied to me. All right, let's go. First uh, John chapter 4. We're going to read 7 through 21. It says, Dear friends, you got it up there? Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God, because, hold on, who do, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. Now, when, 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 when Jesus ascended back to the heavens, we all know, you know, if you've been part of the, the Christian belief at any sort of time, you know there's a trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God sent his Son down to the earth, which is Jesus, to 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 be on this earth to live as we would we would live but he he also came as a a a sacrifice for our sins so we don't have to live in bondage we don't have to live in all that he died for our sins and then he when he ascended back to heaven he told his disciples i'm going to leave my holy spirit here for you so that's that that's that again is part of the trinity the father the son the holy spirit we got god god sent his son his son went back home and he left his spirit down here for us. And that's what it tells us in verse, I believe it was 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another. Um, hold on, I lost my place. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. That was 13. Uh, verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. I know this is a little weird, and it's a little back and forth, and it's a little tongue-tied. Trust me, I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to mess up because I want to stop bridge, and my reading it so well. So thank you, Henry County School Systems. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. Let's, let's just go to 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever, whoever lives in Love lives in God and God in them. This is how we is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we're like Jesus. That's kind of where I want to stop. So, well, here, let's finish real quick. We're almost done. Start 18. There is no fear in love, be, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us his command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So if you love God, guess what? I just read it. We have to love our brother and sister. If, if we claim to be a Christian and we claim, to, and we claim to love Jesus and to love God, you have to love your brother and sister. doesn't matter color, doesn't matter race, doesn't matter religion, doesn't matter how they breathe, how they dress, how they look, what kind of shoes they wear. It doesn't matter. You, we are to love our brothers and our sisters. And I love like verse 17 where it says, we are the Jesus of the world. We are to be Jesus in this world. Christy and I were youth pastors for about 10 years. And 
And I always, I've always said to them, and I think I've said it in here a few times, but we may be the only Jesus some people will ever see. We may be the only Jesus that some people may ever see. And I'm not talking about just at your school, like the kid, kids. Listen, you don't know this story when people leave the school. You don't know their life. The only thing you know is what they say and how they do at school. That's what you know. But you don't know what happens at home. Adults, those people that you work with, you know the story of that person when you're around them. But you don't know what goes on at home. So you may be the only Jesus these people ever see. And it doesn't just have to be in your work. It could be in the grocery store. It could be in the nail salon. It could be in the barbershop. It could be even here at church. I mean, it could be, it could be anywhere. It could be on, on the interstate. We were talking about this the other day in the, in the small group that Dwayne does. A lady was in there. And she goes, I lose my Jesus. Every, I lose, what's what she say? I lose my testimony every time I get on the interstate because I'm always yelling at people. Man, listen, you don't know what them people are going through. They may be in a hurry. They may not be, they may, or they, I mean, it could be they're just not nice people. But still, somebody cuts you off. It's not like, you know, like Christy does this thing where she, she and she's, it's been this way forever. And Caliber, he kind of keeps it on. My, my older kids are kind of like, Mom, that's a little lame, low-key lame. <laughs> that's what the kids are saying today, low-key. Not exactly sure what it means. Um. But the, the situations I've heard them say it, I think I kind of know what it means. So I hope I put it in the right spot. But anyway, they kind of think it's lame, so they don't say it no more. But, you know, she, Chrissy's got Calvary going, bless him, Jesus. That's what, and, and whenever we see an ambulance come by, you know, Calvary will be like, can we pray for him? Yeah, we'll pray for him. My, my young kids used to be that way. And they kind of are now, but not as, not, as a, not as much as they used to be when they were kids. But, but it's cool because she's implant, implanted that into them. You know, because you don't know what's going on in that person's life would just cut you off. You know, and you don't ever really know what's going on at home. And so we are to be the, the Jesus in the world for people to see. And so what that tells me is if I'm supposed to be like Jesus, I better get on my job. I better understand what Jesus wants me to be. I better understand the kind of love that he wants me to show, the kind of love that he showed me when he died on that cross. How do I show that to other people? Or how do I get that? Maybe that's a better question. How do I get that love? Because I feel like I can love people, but not like he loved me on that cross. Because if you cross me, I'm not going to like you. There's a th- when, when, my, when my kids were younger, they'd be like, I may not like you, but I love you. We have to love people the way Jesus loved us. If he has sent us to be the Jesus on earth, we've got to find that kind of love. So my question is, how do we find that? Well, let's find out what love is first. The most popular love verses in the world, 1 Corinthians 13. You got it up there? So we find that love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. I'm going to stop right there because this world today, it's all about I, 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 I. Everything's about me. What about me? What can I get? What can I have? What can I keep for myself? Not what, what can I give? What can I do? How can I, how can I help you? you know? And to me, we need to get back to that. You know, I remember back when I was a kid, now my mom, when she, we had this neighbor that would invite her to church every Saturday. My mom was like, no, nah, I'm good, and we got things to do tomorrow. No, nah, I'm good, no, nah, I'm good, no, nah, I'm good. Well, finally, my mom said, you know what, I, I don't know if it was just to, like, get her to shut up or what, but finally my mom said, you know what, we'll go. We'll go, that's cool, we'll be there in the morning. Let me tell you something, when God hit this lady right here, like, she dropped everything and went 110. I'm talking about, like, she went full force, and it was kind of annoying to me and my brother because we were always at church. And then when you say, when I, when I say always, like I'm not talking, I'm not making that up. When the, when the lock was 
unlocked at that church, we were there. It, I don't know, I mean, I don't know why. There were some times I was like, why are we here? There's nobody here. Why are we here? Or just the pastor's here and he's in his office. Like, there's, what, what's, what's the deal here? But that was my mom's passion. Like, she, she went after God with everything. And so she, she, she taught me as, at a young age, you know, that's what we're supposed to be. Like, that was just my life. I mean, now, now through, through my teenage years, I cut some corners. I went down some roads I really shouldn't have. I got in some trouble. I did some things that, you know, I mean, I had the story of everybody else. But I also had the story of my mom never gave up. My mom was selfless. You know, and, and, and we come from a broken home, a, a kind of a broken home. Um, my mom and dad got divorced when I was around eight, and he was gone for about five years or so. So in that little bit of time, like, I had to grow up. Like, I was an eight-year-old trying to, be, trying to be the man of the house. I had a four-year-old brother. You know, I helped him all the time. So I lost a little bit of time there, but my mom never, ever, ever, I mean, even when, even when there was a point where we couldn't even afford groceries, and we had a food bank at our church. I mean, we had a food bank at our church that was thriving. And there were times where I remember we, we wasn't eating, but we would never go, we would never go ask. And I don't know if that was just, I, but my mom would always give. I'm like, Mama, we're eating crackers, and we're giving money to this dude on the, side of the, on the side of the road, but I'm not eating good, but this cat is getting your money. You know, but it showed me that that's my job. I may not have everything I need, but I do have to give to others, and I do have to help others. And so that, that, was, in, that was enthrilled in me, or that was, in, in, you know, was kind of put in me as, as, I was, uh, as I was young. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. I mean, we get angry too easy, but that's not real love. Real love is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Swallow that one. How many times we get in arguments? Now, again, I've been married almost 20 years, and there's times where I'll get in arguments. Well, you said this four months ago, or you did this three months ago, or you did this two days ago. You know, and a lot of times it's me, and Chrissy's just like, listen, it's cool, man. Like, no big deal. You know, let's just get through it. But it doesn't, doesn't keep record of wrong. Does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always perseveres. It always hopes. True love never fails. Love never fails. That love we get from God, the love that God showed us as he sent his son to the earth, that love, that agape love, it never fails. Now, the fake love that we just kind of throw around just because it's kind of cool and everybody else is doing it, that love fails. But true love that God, that we can only get from God, it never fails. So how do we love? If God is love, how do we get God inside of us? Because you can't give what you don't have. Let me say that again. You can't give what you don't have. We couldn't give the $5 if we didn't have it. Hey, man, can I get an IOU? I owe you five bucks. See me next time. That doesn't work. We can't give what we don't have. So how do we get that love? Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 8. I got a little bit of scripture. I'll probably get, I may not get to all of it, but I have scripture to back all this up, man. So let's go James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts and double-minded. I got a little note here. It says, we find in Matthew 27, 24 that cleansing your hands was a sign of innocence and purity. So I don't know if that one said to cleanse your hands, but the one I wrote down here had, it said to cleanse your hands and purify your heart. God wants you to be pure. He wants a pure heart. He wants a clean heart. He don't want you to, you know, to live in, in sin. He wants you to live in purity. And so how do we draw near to God? We hear this all the time. I was, I was again, I was brought up in a, in a pen. Oh, excuse me. Whew. I was brought up in a Pentecostal church. I knew that was going to happen. Every time I get up here to speak, I always have like this stuff going on. It's just, just bear with me. How does God draw near to us? 
We, I, you know, again, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and I, I, I knew this verse, draw near, draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh unto you. Man, that's cool, but how do I do that? Like, that sounds great, you know, but I don't ever remember people telling me, okay, cool, well, I'm just going to pray, and I guess that's me drawing near to God. But I got three steps of drawing near to God, and let's go. Uh, number one, humility. Let's read Proverbs 22 and 4. It says, humility is a fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. When we humble ourselves, and when we say, God, you know what? It ain't got nothing to do with me. It's all you. When we humble ourselves and we, we don't walk in pride, let's, uh, uh, let's go to James 4, 6. You got that up there real quick? That was right before we, it says, but give, but he gives us more grace. That is, that is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. He opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You ain't done nothing. When we recognize that God is in control of everything, he's in control of our finances. You know, we may think that we got ourselves that job. I own a bread route. I didn't get that for me. God threw that my way. He knew that in a few years, I wasn't going to be able to carry refrigerators and washers and dryers and, and stoves and microwaves and dishwashers. I was installing appliances before I started doing bread. And so he knew in a few years I wasn't going to be able to. And I guarantee you, if I went out there now and tried to lift one of them things, I'd be like, I'm good, man. I'm going to go roll some bread around. You know, but physically he knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it as much as I, as I do, as I did. And so he gave me that bread route and, you know, he, and, and I give God glory to everything. And I was talking to Wayne earlier. I have the smallest bread route in my depot. I got, we got 27 routes in my depot. I have the smallest. Most, most guys have three or four, you know, they got three or four stores and a couple of restaurants. I have two stores and I run 11 schools and I support a family of six. Like, that's God. That has nothing to do with me. That's God's favor. And the reason I have God's favor is because I give him glory. I don't do anything. You know, my youth group, when, when, when we were youth pastors, we started out with what? Six kids? Something like that? When we left, we had like 55, 60 kids coming. That was nothing I did. That was God. That was God's favor on our ministry. You know, and like, I mean, look, look at Revolution. When we was in the theater, we didn't have this many people in the theater. But that's God's favor on this church, you know, and we give God the glory. It has nothing to do with what Pastor Nathan does, and he'll tell you. He'll stand up here and tell you it ain't got nothing to do with what I do. I mean, the only thing we do is we're, we're reverent to God, and we give everything to him, and we give him the glory. That's what, that's what, what not being proud and being humble is. Number two, brokenness. Let's go Psalms 51, 17. We got my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise. God wants you to, God want, God's going to break you. You may be proud and you may think you do it all your own and you're this and you're that and, and you're the stuff and, and you know what's going on and you got this. But trust me, one day God's going to break you. God, he, he will. I promise you that. There will be, you'll, you'll, you'll reach a breaking point. And when you finally swallow your pride and, you, and you're humble, and you say, you know what, God? All right, that's cool. Let's see what happens. He'll take that broken spirit, and it says, a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. He will not despise you. He will take your brokenness, and he will take your mess, and he'll turn it into a message. But you have to let him. You know, again, I'll go back to my youth group. I used to tell my youth group all the time, listen, you've got to read your word and pray. Like, if you're hungry, if you're sitting in the couch and you're hungry and you know you've got all the ingredients in your kitchen, you can't just say, I want a sandwich, and it just magically come up here, and it magically come to you. You actually have to get up and go in the kitchen and open the refrigerator door, open the bag of bread, the cheese, the ham, whatever you eat, peanut butter, jelly, whatever. You have to make that sandwich to feed, you know, to feed, to feed yourself. It's the same thing with the Spirit of God. You have to do it. Like, I can sit here and tell you what you need to do all day long, but if you don't go home and do it, then it's not going to work. You can know what to do, but if you don't do it, it ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? So we have to, 
we have to take that step and we have to to humble ourselves let God break us I got Isaiah 15 57 and 15 it says for this is what the high and exalted one says he who lives forever whose name is holy I live in a high and holy place but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite God lives in heaven but he sent his spirit to live in us so not only does he live in a high place like he says he lives in us. He lives down here. He's in each and every one of us. We may not see him, but he's here. He lives in us. He was here this morning. I mean, the Spirit of God fell upon this place. I mean, whether you want to believe in it or not, the Spirit of God fell upon this place. And he tells us he comes to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. He wants to bring you to a higher place than what you're at. It's just like, like, like I said, I got five kids. I don't like seeing any of them hurt. Now, I, am, am I always excited? I mean, do they always like bring me joy? No, there's some times where I'm just like, you know what? Just, I gotta turn around. I can't talk to you right now. You know what I mean? But in my heart of hearts, I love them. And I would do anything for them, anything. God is the same way to you. God loves you. And he comes to build us up. He doesn't want to see us failing. He doesn't want to see us hurting. He wants his kids to thrive. He wants his kids to be able to, to be joyful in the morning. I mean, I wake up at 2.30 in the morning. I don't like it. But I'm joyful that I'm able to go to work and have a job to provide for my wife and my kids. I'm joyful because I have a house that I can live in. And this Georgia weather, Jesus, man, my electricity bills, it's either hot or cold. Listen, I just want it, you know, I pray every day, God, just make it 65 degrees. I'll be straight. I mean, if he, if he, if he could send me to a place where it's just like six, between 60 and 65, I'm good. Like, don't ever change that temperature. I, I mean, me, me, with mono, mono, love it. But, you know, so, so, I'm, so I'm thankful that I, you know, I don't like waking up that early, but I'm thankful that I'm able to, that I'm able to go to work. I'm able to make money. You know, I'm able to provide. I'm thankful for that. And there are times where God has just broke me down because I've, and all this, all this that he's laid on my heart and I'm talking to you today, I'm not just talking to you. Like, when you get a message together and when you start preparing and you start reading the word, like you think you're doing good, and you think you're living the life you're supposed to live, but man, God will, God busted me in the head this week. He busted me straight in my noggin. I mean, he was like, listen, you think you got it going on, but you ain't doing nothing. Like, I need you to listen. And so, I mean, it's, I mean, and, and, you know, he's just spoken to me this week. And so, you know, I, and, and, and I've been tested. Halloween, I was tested with my daughter. And I'm not going to embarrass her, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing. I love embarrassing her, though, embarrassing her. That's the joys of being a parent. <laughs> I love it. They don't understand it, but I love it. I was prideful, and I was like, you know what? You're going to do what I say, and then I will, I will provide for you. You will do what I say first. It's my way of the highway. My dad come out in me. My way of the highway. If you don't like it, hit the streets. And I thought I was big and bad, and rah, rah, rah. Here's daddy. <laughs> my way. My way. But little did I know, man, she didn't need it my way. She needed it her way because she was hurting. And I didn't understand that because my, my contrite spirit was like, you know what? No, nah, that, that ain't happening. But I had to humble myself. And I had to humble myself this week. And so what I'm, what I'm speaking to you, I know of. I know what the deal is. And so I don't just, so I just wanted you to know that. I'm not just talking to you, man. Like I said, when you get a message together and you start reading the word, that's why it's so important to get into this thing. That's why it's so important to get into this word. It ain't just what you hear on the radio. I listen to a lot of preaching. When I'm breaking my bread down in the morning, I listen to a lot of preaching because I love music, but it's all kind of the same nibber gibberish, just it's all kind of the same stuff. But 
I listen to a lot of preaching. But until I get into this word and I read it for myself, I won't understand it. Stephen Furtick may just preach the house down. I listen to um, Levi Lusco. He may, he may preach the house down. I listen to um, what's it, Jensen Franklin. He may preach the house down. But if I don't get into this word and I don't understand it for myself, then it's not going to make a difference in my life. It's not going to make a difference if I don't get into it. If I don't humble myself, if I don't swallow my pride, if I don't let God break me down and be like, listen, bro, you need me. 98% of the time, yes, God, I do need you, but there's 2% of the time where I think I can do it on my own. That's the 2% he wants. Because I need God. I need him in my life. I need him to run my finances. Because like Brandon said, listen, I'm full, I'll be 41 in a couple weeks. I don't do finances. This is what I do. Where's my phone? I get in my phone, I check my checking account. Is there money in there? All right, cool, let's get it. I pay all my bills first. Now listen, I pay all my bills and all my tithes first. Okay? I pay my tithes, I pay my, all my bills first. But then it's like, oh, there's, cool, I got a couple hundred dollars in there, let's go. That's not the way it should be ran. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, that's just not the way it should be ran, but that's just, Christy kills me every time. Babe, you've got to stop doing that. I know, I know, I know, but it was cool, man, it was on sale. <laughs> that's how I get her she loves clearance stuff it was on clearance it was on sale yeah but does it benefit everybody or just yourself ah <laughs> uh, you got me you, you know you, you got me I got, a, I got a new truck the other week well it's not it's new to me but and it was just a heck of a deal I mean God was in it she wanted twice of what I paid for it I mean, it's just, I don't know. And so here, past couple weeks, I've been buying a bunch of stuff for it. And uh, because it needed some work, yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of light bulbs missing, a bunch of, you know, stuff not missing on it, you know. But she goes, listen, yeah, I needed a radio, which I had one because I bought one for her a couple years ago and never got installed in her car, so I just installed it in my car. I just say that was God because we needed the radio. We just know when we needed it. <laughs> so, but she told me, she goes, you and, you and Mr. O'Reilly. I go to O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is right down the street from where I live. Y'all got to stop meeting up. Like, this nickel and diamond, it's killing us. All right, I'll, all right, I'll, I'll chill out. She's like, why don't you just, you know, because we, we got, like I said, we have our anniversary coming. She goes, what have you done for our anniversary? I got it covered. Don't sweat it. I got it covered. I mean, luckily, I do have it covered, but it was, wasn't. I should have had it covered a long time ago. It was costing me more money now, but it wouldn't have six months ago if I would have thought ahead. But there's times where I have to humble myself and break myself down and be like, you know what? I don't need that. I guess I don't need that light cover right now. I can wait. You know, and sometimes we do have to sacrifice, and sometimes we do have to say, you know what? That can wait. Because my family's more important. Number three, so we got so we got humility, we got brokenness. Number three is probably one of my favorite of all time, and it's praise. That's how we draw near to God. We humble ourselves, we let Him break us down so He can build us back up, and we give Him praise, man. I love, love, love praise and worship. I love it because it's so natural and it's so you and him. Me and God, like praise, is, praise and worship is for me and God. I don't care who's on the stage. I don't care who's playing. I don't care who's singing. You know, when I was up here playing the bongos, I didn't care what anybody thought. If it, Hey, we don't need bongos played. I don't care. I'm playing them. <laughs> I don't care what you think. I'm playing them. Because it was my, it was my worship. It was my worship. You know what I mean? It was my way of saying, God, I'm beating these things because I want you to know that I'm here. I want you to know that I have a contrite heart and I need you to come and, and, and build me back up. 
and I praise you for it. You know, I, um, does anybody ever heard of that, that built that, um, the uh, Casting Crowns? One of the first drummers, his name was Andy. I went to church with him. He was in our youth group. And it's funny because he was like 20 before he started playing drums. He was, he was a little bit old. I mean, something like that. So we went, down on a, we went down on a missions trip down to, was it down in Kings, Kingsland? Is that what it's called? I think it's called Kingsland. We just kind of tinkered around with drums. And then, you know, he just kept going, kept going, kept going. And, I mean, he is where he is today. I mean, he played for Casting Crowns for a few years. He's got a... He's got a, um, he teaches drum lessons up in North Carolina. I mean, he's got a big, he's got a big deal. He was a big thing. And I asked him one time, I said, man, I said, what, what drew you to that? He goes, I don't know. He said, but that's my praise. He said, that's my worship. You know, and I asked him one time, I said, well, well, do you feel like, you feel weird because you can't lift your hands during praise and worship? Because he was, you know, of course he played, you know, drums during praise. He's like, nah, man. He goes, these sticks are my hands. You know, and, and he played the drums worshiping God. It wasn't, I mean, of course, you know, he stayed on beat and all that, and he did all the roles of that, but it was worship, you know. And one of the biggest things we can ever do is praise God. And especially when, when we're in that contrite state, especially when we're in that state where we are broken, that's the part where we got to praise God even more. Because like I said earlier, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The devil's not going to come in here, and Jesus ain't going to come in here, and we're going to put all our, put our issues in a, in a boxing ring, and, and they're not going to fight. And, you know, we're not going to see a physical fight between heaven and hell. But it's all spiritual. And that spiritual fight starts with praise. You know, whether you're in a, whether you're in a, in a high, high state or you're in a low state or you're in a place in your life where you're happy or a place where you're, you know, where you're not so happy. You know, I remember when, back when I was a child and, and my dad wasn't around and my mom and my, you know, my mom was just there and we'd go to church and man, she would just worship. Just worship. I mean, it was just, it was instilled in me in a long time ago at a young age. And I would, and I, as I got older, I would think, but mom, you're working so, and I would, I don't think I'd ever ask her or talk to her about it but you know I just kind of thought you know mom you're doing so much like, how can you worship I mean you don't have you know dad's not around we're not I mean th there were times where there, there were times where we'd have to go to Rome like she she always cut hair uh, and on the weekends she, she would clean houses for for a builder friend of hers and we had to go to Rome and I remember this one time and I will never forget how God showed up in the situation. We were up there in Rome, and we had no gas. And I, did you forget your check? We didn't have a checkbook or something other? At if you were out of a certain That's right. If you were out of a certain range, they wouldn't take your check. So we were up in Rome. We lived down here in, in Stockbridge, and they wouldn't take a check up there. And I kid you not, I mean, the, the needle was on E. You know, it was, it was on E. And... It was an old four pickup truck, had no radio. Like we sang all the time. We used to always sing praise and worship songs. I mean, we sang all the time. And so Mama said, Boys, we're going to sing a little bit extra today. And I don't know if she really said that, but I'm just kind of guessing that may have been such a conversation. <coughs> but from Rome to Stockbridge, we made it on E. And we, and we sang praise and worship songs all the way home until we could get to a gas station that would take our check. I know how praise works. I know how worship works. And I've come to tell somebody today, you got to praise him. you got to praise him. No matter what, give God praise. Give God glory. Your life may not be what you want it to be. But you're living your life for a reason. God has given you an assignment that only you can work out. I can't live Donna's life. I can't live Nate's life. I can't live Luke's life. I can't live Jake's life. I can live my life, though.
And I can do what this word says. When it says to the, that I'm supposed to be the Jesus in the world. And the only way I get that love to show others is by drawing close to him. We're going to have the praise and worship band come up. We're going to get into a little bit more praise and worship. But I want to encourage you this morning. He wants us to be the Jesus in the world. That's our job. Collectively, that's our assignment. Individually, you take care of your world. I tell my kids all the time, you can change the world. You have the ability to change the world. Now, it may not be the United States. You may not change the whole United States, but you can change your world. You can change the people that are around you. Just like, just like a bad attitude affects everybody. When you're, when, you're having, when you're in a good mood and you get somebody around with a nasty attitude, what happens? Or any, you're, you're, in a, you're in a room of people and y'all are having fun and I've been in this situation, I'm in it a lot when I'm coming around certain family members and those family members walk in the room, just, hmm. Everything just kind of shuts down. We're having a good old time talking, yada, 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 yada. Everything's great. But certain people walk into the room, it's like, oh. it's the same way when we have a praise and a positive attitude. You can walk into a room and light it up. You can walk into somebody's life and light their life up. But it's on you. It's on you. And you can't blame people for what you don't do. You can't blame others for what you don't do. Like, you know, you know what to do. I gave you the tools. God spoke to me this week, and this is how we get close to God. We humble ourselves. We let him break us. We praise him. This is how we change our life. This is how we change lives of others. But it's not going to work if you don't partake in it. And it's not going to work if you don't do it tell my kids about school. They're like, man, school sucks. I know. I hated school, too. Well, didn't you go to college? I went for like a semester, and I hated high school, so I thought, you know what, I'll give this college thing a try. It didn't work. You want to know why? Because there, no, there, you know, there was no, like, structure in college. It was like, listen, if you got it turned in, great. If you don't, then you fail. There goes all your money. But I told them, I said, listen, your grades ain't going to change unless you do something about it. You're going to have to humble yourselves and walk into your teacher and say, man, hey, listen, I know I got a, I don't know, 48. I need to do something to bring that. Hey, y'all think it's funny? I went, listen, I was in geometry in 12th grade, okay? And I kid you not, and my mama can be witness this. I brought my geometry teacher a Chick-fil-A biscuit for eight weeks. Every Friday for eight weeks, I brought her a Chick-fil-A biscuit. What did I pass with? A 70. I was making like a 32 in the class. That was all the way back in the day. It won't work now. That was back when I was in high school. It won't work now. The funny thing is, she's an assistant principal now, and I see her sometimes. I'm like, hey, thanks for the, thanks for the 70. Because if it wasn't for that 70, I wouldn't have graduated. And I take pride in, in having my Stockbridge High School diploma, because I was the first one on my mom's side to graduate high school. But I wouldn't have done it if I wouldn't have hung myself and walked to my teacher and said, hey, I need your help. I know I've messed up during, during you know, during class, and I was, I wasn't really a class clown, but I really didn't participate, and I, I had issues after school, I didn't like doing work, I liked doing other things, but I had to humble myself and walk up to her and say, listen, I need to graduate, this is very important to me, and I graduate, and we came up with a plan, listen, it's the same family, God, you've got to humble yourself and be like, listen, God, can't do it. I can't do it no more. And I talked to a guy last night, and he's 31. He, his kid plays ball with my kid, and a very cool dude. Like I really haven't 
But he was like, man, he's been with his girlfriend or baby mama is what he kept calling her, old lady, whatever, for like 15 years. And he was like, man, I can't do it anymore. He goes, things are different. And I said, dude, I said, let me tell you something, man. If things are different, you roll with the punches. You don't just throw in a towel because things are different. You don't just give up and say, you know what, I'm just going to throw 15 years away because things are different. And I've really gotten into, Christy's a psychology major, and I really, I really never understood how feelings and stuff work. I was always an introvert. I kept everything inside. I'm a little bit better now at sharing how I feel inside because it's important. And so I told him, I said, man, you got you to gotta, you gotta fill her love tank up, and you got to put good feelings inside that feeling box. And he looked at me weird, and I was like, don't sweat it. I said, don't sweat it. I mean, my, my wife's a psychology major. You'll get it. I'll explain it to you a later date. And I told him, I said, go, go get the book, Five Love Languages. I said, find your girlfriend's love language or your old lady's love language, whatever he called it. It was like four different names he called it. And I said, fill that, fill it up, man. Like, it's your job. I said, that's your job. He was like, man, I just want to buy a motorcycle and I want to come and go as I please and I want a street race. I was like, you serious right now? You're going to throw away 15 years as you can't come and go as you please in street race? I was like, man, come on. So you you got to get with the program. And it's the same, the same thing with our life. You know, God wants to bless us so much. And God wants us to have abundantly. Not just a little. He wants our cup to run it over. Amen. Like she was singing earlier. Run it over. I just want to run over with your love. I want people in my circle to know that I love God, not because of what I say, but just because of how I, how I act. I want people to know, man, that's, that's a good dude right there. He'll do anything for you. And then when I, then when I start talking to him, I, I want my words to change their life. Because I don't want to see anybody perish. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to burn for the rest of eternity. But I want to hang out on streets of gold and in my mansion and hang out with Jesus and see the, see the scars in his palms and in his feet. I want to see that. And I have the ability and I have the, the tools and the keys to do that. And so as we get into this worship song, I hope what I had to say and what I feel like, I honestly feel like God put upon my heart, I hope it helped with somebody today. But let me leave you with this. Your world won't change until you humble yourselves, you let God break you, and you praise him so he can build you back up. It won't. And I'm a testament to that. Listen, I saw this lady right here struggle. And, and every Christmas, every Christmas when my pops wasn't around, she'd be down in the, in the, in the living room just crying by the, crying by the fireplace. We had a little brick fireplace. It was kind of cool. We had, it was a two-story house. But I saw her, but she never gave up. She never gave up. She knew she had two boys that was watching her. I got three boys and two girls that are watching me. Watching the way I, I, I handle adversity. Watching the way I handle my attitude. Watching the way I handle everything that I go through. They're watching me. You've got somebody in your house, in your circle, in your crew that are watching you. How are you going to handle it? How are you going to do it? And then when my dad came back and they got married, we oh, yeah. Well, me, I was like, nah, bro, that ain't happening. I stepped up. I lost my childhood because of you, and I had to step up and be the man of the house because you decided to leave. That's, that was my feelings towards my dad. And I was mad. He was my buddy. He wasn't my dad. That's how I looked at him. But until I humbled myself, and I said, Dad, I got it. Let's go eat. And it was before I got married. 
and I spilled my heart to him. And he wasn't that kind of dude. He was all like, man, you take them feelings and you, whatever, man. You're a sissy if you show your feelings. That's just how, that's how we were, that's how people were raised in Grant Park. You know, I mean, that's, you didn't do none of that. But I told him, I, was, I humbled myself and I said, Dad, I said, listen, this is it. I told him from A to Z and I ripped him a new one. He's like, I know. He said, I'm sorry. And we had a moment there at the Waffle House. And then I told him, I said, man, I, I don't mean to be rude, but I will never be, I will never treat my wife the way you treated my mom. And he's like, that's fine. I don't want you to. He said, I treated her wrong, and I did, I did a lot of things wrong, and I didn't do a lot of things right, and I apologize for that. But it was until I humbled myself and I talked to him that I didn't fix myself. Your situation will not change until you humble yourself. You let God break you, and then let him build you back up with praise. It's not going to change. It's going to be the same. You have to do it. Stand with me as we as we close as we close service. We'll pray. We'll finish out with with some worship and just praise Him. I mean, you ain't gotta. Don't worry about who's sitting next to you, who's behind you, in front of you. As we sing this song, just let let God saturate your spirit. Father God, I love you, Lord. I love you with all of my heart. Father, I'm so thankful and I'm so honored to be able to share Your Word today. And Lord, I stand here as just a, a broken man, as a humble man. And Father God, I pray as I, as I worship you that you build me back up. Lord, I pray that the words that, that, were, show, that were shared today, Father God, I pray that they, they did fall on fertile ground. And I pray that you do change our life. Father God, let us understand what being humble and being broken and, and what happens when we start praising you and how you build us back up into a place where we, where you would have us be. Father God, as we, as we leave this place, we go along our ways. I pray that you keep us safe, that you protect us, Father God. You protect everyone that's involved in our life and our circle. And I pray that we be the Jesus in this world that you want us to be. We are at a very, very pivotal point in this country. We're at a very pivotal time in this country, Father God. And I pray that you use your sons and your daughters as vessels to show what God's love really is. It doesn't matter what political party you're with. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what you drive, what you wear, what kind of shoes you have on, what you do outside of church. But Father God, we are all human. We all bleed the same blood. And I pray that we're able to be the Jesus in the world that you would have us be, that, we change, that you change lives in our circle, Father God. Again, I give you all the praise and the glory and honor. And it's your precious and holy name I pray. Amen. Worship.